This podcast is proudly supported by the post-production facility, Red Lab. Red Lab. See where your ideas can go. Welcome to Women on Screen Out Loud, giving a platform to women in the film industry who challenge, motivate, and inspire on all sides of the camera. We are your hosts, Lara Jean Korostecki and Jennifer Pogue. There are many elements to a film that resonate with an audience. Story, picture, and performance all shape the emotional experience, and music and score is that final breath that can bring a film to life. Composer Erica Percunier, in her essay, AIs and Creativity, Friend or Foe, explores how modern technological changes are reshaping what it is to be an artist within the composition world. Reflecting on the role of artificial intelligence augmenting the creative process, Erica shares her thoughts on the career path of a composer in the fast-paced technological future. What is it that makes a piece of music human? Will economic pressures on production still leave room for both AI and artist? Let's take a listen. Let's talk about artificial intelligence. Okay, stop yourself right there. Stop thinking about Skynet. And stop thinking about that operating system from her. And forget about the latest episode of Westworld. For the moment, I'm not talking about artificial superintelligence or robots gaining consciousness or technology merging with humans to the point that one is indistinguishable from another. I want to discuss AIs making music. Music, which by its very nature is one of the more complex cognitive activities that a human brain can participate in. Because of that fact, computer scientists have focused on tweaking the algorithms of a new generation of deep learning bots that will emulate all types of artistic activity, and I'm absolutely fascinated by them. AIs are being developed around the world with the intention that they will be able to teach themselves how to write stories, paint works of art, and compose pieces of music. And they are about to get really good at it really fast. There's a composer bot named Ava from Luxembourg, created with the hopes of establishing her as one of the world's greatest composers. Ava is currently being advertised as a media composer for hire, who will write memorable emotional soundtracks to support your storytelling. There is a bot at Sony Labs that can compose in the style of Bach, or if you prefer, the Beatles. It's not to say that humans can't do the same, but if a computer can write great original music in any style and can also spit it out much faster and cheaper than a human being, will there be a moment where they are going to leave human composers in the dust? As excited as I am about the future, I wonder if there will continue to be an avenue where I can participate in the musical conversation on screen. If we aren't careful, could we end up losing something very dear to us? If we let this happen, if we allow our avenues of human artistic expression to be diverted to AI, we could be letting our cultural identity gradually slip away. I woke up the morning after the Oscars when I was 13 years old and I decided that I was going to be a film composer. I had just watched Rachel Portman become the first woman composer to win Best Original Score, and I was inspired. The fact that I had A, only written a tiny selection of piano pieces, and B, never played any of those pieces for another single living soul was of no consequence to me. I could do anything. From that day onward, every single decision I made was motivated by the lofty goal I set that morning. Little did I know, this was sort of like saying I wanted to be a rock star when I grew up. 
There's no career roadmap for this sort of thing. No easy way to make a solid plan. Where do you see yourself in five years? Ten years? I heard from my dad, driven by kind and genuine concern. How can I know? I would reply. Well, as long as you can make some money at it, he would say with love, while turning back to his practical and secure engineering work. Who in their right mind would try to build a career on such shaky ground? Like many artists and entertainers, a film composer's career path is an uncertain one. It's mentally and financially precarious. Yet against all the odds, and facing this uncertainty, there are still hundreds of potential composers and songwriters out there following their dreams trying to break in. Our jobs are not glamorous. Behind the scenes, it's filled with working around the clock, extremely tight deadlines, and a lot of stress. It's listening to the same 10-second moment over and over until you second-guess yourself into the fetal position. But along with the tough stuff, there's a boatload of fantastic feelings you experience while creating. Recently, I surveyed some of my creative friends asking why, when the process can be so challenging, we do what we do. They sounded back with their reasons. Answers like, for me, it's a biological urge, like a hunger. I've been so personally moved by music emotionally that I feel compelled to create those experiences in others as well. Some say they need to channel their inner darkness or want to offer new windows of perspective to the world. Some try to instigate political change or find its therapeutic value, while others say it's just really great fun. For me, it's that wonderful rush I feel when I've written something that just clicks into place with the storytelling. When we listen to music, we are affected by how the sounds and the stories make us feel, and I think we are fundamentally changed by it. There is something biologically hardwired inside us that compels us to communicate in this way. I suspect as the technology unfolds, there will be an intense and spectacular push towards using AI-composed music. Film composers have always felt the intense push to be scoring faster and cheaper, but humans, as it turns out, can only write so fast and deserve to be fairly compensated for their work. I get it. There is, of course, a huge economic incentive to getting rid of a job a human can do. Any company who creates a bot would also be the owner of all the intellectual property it created and would receive any revenues generated. Ava from Luxembourg receives royalties just as a human composer would. It seems to me that it's a foregone conclusion that once AI music technology is mature, many advertisements, games, film, television will all eventually turn to AI to speed up their production pipeline and improve the bottom line of their budgets. It's possible that we are heading towards the day when only the lucky few productions that continue to value originality will ensure that humans are not cut out from music composing completely. Do we need to go so far as to put protectionist measures in place? We're already very adamant about protecting Canadian culture from being steamrolled by our neighbors to the south. Could taking up the creative space and shutting humans out be considered the newest form of censorship? Could there be a better solution? We've already seen how desirable professions in the creative arts are because of how personally rewarding they can be in every facet. What if instead of replacing the humans in the storytelling collaboration, we developed those tools into ones that can assist and augment the creation process for us? 
In fact, this is happening already with projects like Sony's Flow Machines. Their goal is to research and develop artificial intelligence systems able to generate music in collaboration with human artists with the intention of boosting their creativity. Instead of creating less, we would be creating more. Instead of losing avenues of expression, there would be even greater opportunities to create. So let's shift the conversation towards how artificial intelligence can become a healthy part of our society. The art we make is like a mirror that reflects our identity back at us. As we evolve into an enlightened hybrid human AI culture, through the sheer volume of our creations, we might actually come to embrace the offloading of cultural responsibilities. But for now, let's focus on collaboration. Let's ensure that the pathways implemented for AI bots are not outright replacing humans, but augmenting their talents and assisting them to create their works of art. Let's be open to the possibilities ahead because the future is bright. And for you, little AI bot, I'll save some space for you in my studio so you can come and join me in the fun. Coming up, Lara Jean Korostecki will delve deeper into AIs and music with composer Erica Percunier. I'm Lara Jean Korostecki, and I'm here with Erica Percunier. Erica, thank you so much for sharing with us your fascinating thoughts about artificial intelligence and music. I was so excited when we asked you that you wanted to talk about this specifically because it's something I think for those of us who are not in the composing world, we just don't know a lot about what you do. I'd love to talk more about the AVA or IVA. I'm not really sure how you say it. So their company website claims that their achievement does not mean that Ava will replace musicians, but that they will continue to encourage collaborations between man and machine. To pick up a bit more on what you spoke of in your essay, would you be excited to work with Ava? How how realistic do you think that collaboration is? I mean, you kind of have to distinguish between like musicians and composers. I mean, I like what I from what I've seen, they she writes music and they get symphony orchestras to play it back and it sounds absolutely brilliant like it you can't distinguish it really from a human so it's pretty pretty spectacular when you think about it that you know this is completely original do you find that scary or there's a tone in your essay that i think is quite positive about it all is there a scary aspect to it or do you find it just more exciting i think it's it's really exciting that they like you know you, they can figure out how to do this and and it's it's a really in-depth sort of diving into how our brains work which is what about it particularly fascinates me because and you know what is the difference between our brain and a, an AI algorithm that's just kind of you know analyzing all these patterns and so that's kind of what I'm interested in looking into I would 100% work with an AI. I think maybe the flow machines are a better example of something that's looking to collaborate with you. There's an interesting, the concept of flow, like they, uh, from what I understand, they titled it flow based on, you know, trying to keep a composer and a songwriter in a flowing state of mind so that you can create without the distractions of, you know, anxiety or boredom or whatever it is that you might experience in in a short period of time that you have to make your art. So 
you and I have known each other a long time, and I've had lots of interesting conversations with you over the time that we've known each other about your job. And specifically, I know we've talked about how you think, how your brain thinks, and how when you listen to a piece of music, the words are less important than the notes themselves. Do you think that's maybe what took you into film composing instead of, say, writing for a pop star? What is it about film composing in particular that excites you? I most definitely, I sort of avoided doing the lyrical aspects, probably because some of my initial influences and the music that got me really excited actually weren't this, wasn't the stuff on the radio necessarily. Not to say that I didn't love all that when I was growing up, but, you know, like going to, um, the symphony, like, you know, dancing in the Nutcracker Ballet and, you know, stuff like that. Like, that was really an inspiring part of growing up. So I just kind of gravitated into doing the same kind of musical styles and and trying to replicate the feelings that I felt while I was hearing that music. And so I find that film composition in, in particular has this great diversity of emotion that you can work in. So that is probably one of the reasons why I gravitated to this. You talk a little bit about the struggle, about not kind of having a clear path available to you when you had this excitement of deciding, and I love how you just you were like, I'm going to do it no matter what, yeah. of deciding to be a composer. Uh, to bring in the AI again, I might argue myself that, you know, artificial intelligence, even when creatively programmed, that they never have that struggle or those questions, and they never have to kind of search in the same way that we do as human beings or uh, search for that personal experience to wi with which to derive inspirational moments from. How much of your process is theoretical, and how much of it do you think maybe comes from your soul and that obvious excitement you have to uh, marry music to story, and how much of it gets into kind of like the technical nitty-gritty of things? I think it, you know, every job is different. Sometimes there is, you know, quite a lot of emotion on the screen. And I think as a human, because of the fact that I have a body and I have a brain and I have these neuro impulses happening inside there, like whatever the complicated chemical composition is going on inside me, I think that that does have something to do with the differences between us. Like I watch I watch a scene and I empathize with the person or, you know, the character that is, you know, feeling those feelings and what is it that you want to embody inside that music. So I, I think having a body is is somewhat important, you know, with regards to feeling an AI would probably, you know, look at the past about how different film composers approach scenes like that and do sort of like a shadow of a replication of of what they think worked in the past. But, you know, I think it ends up being just that. It would be like the shadow of a feeling because do they feel, I mean, that maybe is a debate for a whole nother day. Maybe one day they will have <laughs> these complex brain feelings that we have too. But 
uh, you know, not today. <laughs> <laughs> so you talked very briefly again in in the paragraph where you speak of being 13 and watching the Oscars and seeing Rachel Portman win. Uh, I'm going to tie in AI again. A- Ava, who they've created, is also female. And you speak of the first female composer who won. Do you think it's ironic at all that they've created this female AI while there's still a lack of female representation, perhaps, in your particular job? It's a li- Yeah, it's a little ironic. I mean, just because of the struggle of, of females to break into the industry, it's like, well, why is why, this, you know, it's just going to be hard. But but I think, you know, she doesn't actually have a gender when you think about it. She's she's a computer. I see why they put genders on on AI because, you know, they're approachable. Um, they're, you know, anthropomorphizing is a common thing that happens. And they're most usually female. But um, so she's not really a female. But, you know, the fact that they made her a female, I actually think it it actually could maybe help break down some of these human stereotypes and biases that are still pervasive to this day. It's kind of, uh, you know, when you actually look at the stats, like, I I really hope that it's getting better. But, you know, there's, like, only out of all the film composers in Canada, only about, only 15% of them identify as female. And in you know, between 2012 and 2016, 93% of the funded productions had zero females working as their composers. So that's a pretty, pretty bad stat. But, you know, maybe, it, you know, if this very talented, bought female composer comes out and is successful, maybe it can help, you know, show that, you know, gender doesn't matter when it comes <laughs> to composing, you know. There's no difference there. So, As a last question for you, I would love to hear a little bit more about as a person who, who doesn't completely understand um, all the technical aspects of composing. What do you feel an AI bot could help you do more creatively or efficiently that you would look forward to? Well... You know, when you're asked to be composing so quickly and, you know, push this, push it through the pipeline, there's a lot of technical aspects that take up a lot of my time that aren't actually composing. It's, it's you know, like making spreadsheets and labeling where in the film these cues need to go and then exporting just like the the production of the music itself, you know, making charts and for for actual live players and and all that kind of stuff. Like it's there's a lot of nitty gritty technical tasks and and it's kind of for a single person it's a lot of work. So you know we end up bringing some helpers on to to get it happening faster. Like I think it would be a wonderful task for an AI to be able to you know take music out of the computer and put it onto the page for a live musician. Would you let Ava eventually write a short piece for you? I think if also like extrapolating themes, like if I wrote a piece of music and then she took it and made a variation of it, that would be um, useful. A, you, it'd be pretty useful because that's, you know, developing themes is is an important task in film specifically. Thank you so much, Erica, for joining us today. I really appreciate your voice and really appreciate learning a little bit more about you. Thanks for having me. 
You can find out more about Erica at ericapercunier.com. Erica's work has shone in many different media platforms from short to features, and even the Toronto Symphony Orchestra's Damn, the story of Kit the Beaver for Canada 150 celebrations. You can currently hear her talent scoring the CBC comedy series Little Dog. Thank you again to Erica for joining us today at Red Lab. Be sure to check out future episodes of Women on Screen Out Loud wherever you get your podcasts. And check out upcoming events and initiatives from Women on Screen at womenonscreen.ca. Until next time, I'm Largene Korostecki. I'm Jennifer Pogue. And we are Women on Screen. Women on Screen Out Loud was recorded at the post-production facility Red Lab. This project was created and produced by Largene Korostecki and Jennifer Pogue with sound engineering and editing by John Lawless and original music by Erica Percunier. This podcast would not be possible without the support of Women on Screen founders Lauren McKinley, Farah Marani, and Kira Murphy. This has been a Women on Screen production.